I've always felt that engineering is best when we're applying the science that we know and love and using it to find new and creative ways to solve the problems in the world and make the world a better place for all of us to live in. Uh, to find that creativity between science and application, I think really that works best when we have more viewpoints, more people with more experiences through their lives, all looking at that problem from the different angles and areas that they come from. Today, we, we join the world in celebrating International Women's Day. Um, and we wanted to take a little bit of time to talk about the contributions that women have made towards engineering and are continuing to make in our discipline to help us look at the world from different aspects in different ways and bring these new solutions to light. Uh, I've got a real privilege in my career at Future Electronics to work with some amazing engineers uh, that I've had join me on the call today and, and really appreciate all of you joining on me, me on this. Uh, the first is uh, Jackie Grua Gray, who is our Director of Worldwide Engineering Operations, um, also my ride or die partner uh, in all things Advanced Engineering Group and running that organization. Jackie, thanks so much for joining us. We also have Lizina Rahman, uh, who's our technical marketing engineer for our Future Connectivity Solutions team, the team that's responsible for all of our wireless technologies. Uh, Lizina is also the host of our Tech Ventures video series, uh, which has an amazing viewership that dwarfs mine. Um, so I really appreciate, Lizina, you being here today uh, to lend me a little bit of credibility here on The Current, which I think is great. Uh, and then lastly, we have uh, Danelle Shaw, who is our generalist engineer in Southern California for us and was also our 2021 Advanced Engineer of the Year. Um, and Danelle, in her five years with Future Electronics, has done so much to influence our culture uh, and has made such an impact uh, in that market for our customers, for our suppliers, and certainly for Future Electronics. Thank you all so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you know, we, when I think about engineering, you know, I don't think any engineer I've ever talked to uh, kind of falls backwards into our discipline or becoming engineers. There seems to always be that point in our lives when we decide, man, I love technology and that's what I really want to dedicate my career to. Uh, for you guys, what were some of the things that you found led you to wanting to become engineers? So I can go first. Um, so I'm actually not an electrical engineer. I'm a yeah. civil engineer. I worked in construction for 10 years before coming to Future. What led me into construction was probably watching my dad and working with my dad. He was extremely handy. There was nothing he couldn't fix. We did all kinds of home renovations. And I was always fascinated at construction sites. And... I was fortunate to be able to do the science behind it all. And that's where it all started. Yeah. Awesome. That's, that's fantastic for sure. Do I, oh, sure. Um, so ironically, actually in, you know, when I was growing up, I, I didn't know what engineering was. I had no clue. And I was really drawn to the medical profession. My set up my entire life goal thinking I was going to be a doctor and I've always taken all the courses and, and it was going great and according to plan until I got to CEGEP and CEGEP is college for us because in Quebec we have college and then we have university so this was like a pre-university right. and I walked in to my biology class and you know what I couldn't stand the sight of blood I just <laughs> it just couldn't so I had to reevaluate my career choices and you know I was going through a crisis because you spend 
a good 18 years of your life thinking, you know, setting yourself up for this goal. And, you know, you're just, you just have to reevaluate everything. So my mom really um, persuaded me to consider engineering. Even though she wasn't an engineer by trade, she was always fixing everything around the house. And whenever there was a problem, she always had a solution. She always had a solution. Yeah. So, you know, she said, like, why don't you go into engineering? Your whole goal was to be able to help people. And, you know, being a doctor isn't the only way to help people or make an impact. So, you know, I was like, okay, so I'll do that. And I ended up in electrical engineering because my parents are from Bangladesh and we would um, go spend summers in Bangladesh and sometimes there wasn't enough electricity because the supply and demand were not the same, right? There was more demand than there was actual supply. Yeah. So there was something called load shedding. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go into power engineering and we're going to find a solution to this. <laughs> but I am <laughs> I did study power engineering, yeah. but somehow I think everything works out according to plan. I'm at Future and I still love what I do, you know? And you're great at it. We love having you do it for us. And I think your expertise that you've earned in wireless has been just incredible. So thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Danelle, how about you? For me? Well, I am the first engineer in my family. So forget female engineer. I'm the first engineer. And the reason how it happened was when I was like eight, nine years old, my youngest sister, she had an epileptic attack and we took her to CT scan and MRI. And that's when I got exposed to a big yeah. machine and what a machine can do. And that's what that that memory stuck in my head. And when I was like, OK, my mom is like, so you are going to finish your high school. You have to either take in India. We just have two choices, either science or commerce. So which one am I going to take? And I was good at math and science. So I was like, OK, let me try science. And then physics, chemistry and math is what I took. And then I got into engineering. How did electronics happen? I don't know. It just happened. So I was like, okay, let's try electronics. Everybody is going in electronics. It has a good career, which will give me good money. And that was my motivation. Money also was my motivation. I will not deny to that. Yes, the technology, the awe factor, that was a start. But also, uh, I think money plays a little bit of a role in in taking a career option at least in india because you don't get it so easily so that's how i i joined engineering as my career yeah certainly that's an amazing story i think just you know having a life experience like that and seeing how technology is helping someone that you love and care about um i think is, is absolutely amazing so Thank you guys very much for that. And I think, you know, my next question on that, that, that I'm always interested in when talking with other engineers and how they kind of came to, to where we are is, I think many of you already answered this a little bit, but, you know, who are your inspirations? Maybe, you know, personally, but, you know, maybe even maybe someone you haven't even met or somebody you looked up to, um, you know, in the field, were there inspirations for you? And, and maybe what were some of the qualities that those engineering heroes that you had, whether it was your, your family member or whomever, that really led you to say, I, I want to be more like that person? Well, I think for sure when I was growing up and making some of these tough decisions, the world was a much smaller place. So you didn't have the internet. You didn't have access to even know about other people in these types of careers. It was a very 
small world. You saw, you knew what was around you. Um, so I didn't really have anyone other than my family members to sort of guide me and push me in that direction. I think a big part of um, becoming a professional, whether it was engineering or otherwise, was coming from a European immigrant family. Yeah. And uh, education was always very highly encouraged um, to a default. default. And uh, that's really where it all came from, my family. Um, myself too, just like Jackie, I I didn't have celebrity role models or we didn't have access to like YouTube, right? I mean, um, when I was growing up, we still had dial-up internet, which is surprising. Um, and um, so for me, my inspirations were people in my life and they were teachers, fantastic teachers who loved their job. My chemistry teacher, Mr. Uva, if you're watching, he inspired me, uh, you know, tremendously. He, they, he always found um, ways to make uh, the formulas interesting with, you know, real life ex uh, examples. And um, he just, you know, made it seem like it was so much more. And that kind of piqued our curiosity. And then also in Sejap or college, I, that was like the first female engineer I had met was one of my professors. And she was amazing. She was a great teacher. She motivated us to learn and to apply principles, you know, outside of the classroom. So I think those were, you know, teachers are a definite foundation in shaping um, our career paths or, you know, they might have a little influence of like what you don't want to do, but they definitely helped me, uh, you know, pursue that path. That's awesome. For, for me, it was a blend of... Uh, yeah. And I, I, like I said, I don't know any engineering when I was growing up. I didn't know any engineers. Uh, but what peaked, what helped me to grow in the direction was science project. I had done one science project where we were showing the respiratory, working re respiration system. And I remember we had two balloons flating and inflating like how your lungs do. And that was the whole process of doing the whole project from where the lungs are and how they inflate and deflate and how and we, we were pumping air in it and then you know removing the air out so that the whole experience of doing a science project made me go, get more excited about science and another reason was also math and science are the subjects you can get full score in i i i like to be 100 and languages in india was like you would get 70% 80% but math and science, if the answer is correct, there is no way they can cut marks. So that's how we were graded. So math and science would increase my percentage. And that was one of the reason also to be more attractive towards math and science that time. When like I was in high school, yeah. Right. Perfection, the pursuit of perfection. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> a little love bit. It, love it, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very nice, very nice. So, you know, I know for me in my life, I have a daughter and, and loving technology and loving engineering like I do. Um, you know, I, I push my kids and my daughter particularly, you know, say, are you sure you don't want to be an engineer like that? Are you sure you're not interested in that? And my, my daughter is very always been interested in sciences. I think kind of like you, Lazina, more on the biology side of things. Um, but, you know, I think, I, you know, I'm not sure she, she's quite going that way, but I'm trying. I'm going to keep prodding, uh, much to her chagrin. Uh, I'm going to keep trying to prod her that way. She's in the... She's 13 in that teenage stage, so she doesn't like to talk to me that much anyway. 
Uh, she really doesn't like to talk to me about engineering as much as I love talking to her about engineering. But but I think, you know, as I look and I try and inspire her towards this um, and inspire her to consider that as a career option that I think she would be amazing at uh, because of the skills that she has. You know, I, I also think there's a hard question that we in the engineering discipline have to kind of take a look at. When, when you look at things like, you know, the United States Census uh, from 2019, I think it was, um, you know, and we look at the STEM fields. Uh, so, you know, science, technology, engineering, and math, only 27% of all STEM jobs um, in the United States anyway, um, were jobs that were held by women. Uh, and then if you take that and drill that a little bit further, and you just look at the engineering side of that, only 15% of the jobs in, in, in engineering uh, are held by women today. Um, so what do you think we can be doing as a discipline, as people that are as passionate about what we do as we are, how can we inspire the next generation of women uh, to want to be considering the field to get into the field of engineering? Well, I think uh, we need to start at a young age, right? Um, you know, representation matters. And knowing that uh, seeing examples of women who have made huge contributions to STEM fields, I think is motivational. Um, we need to start at elementary school, even though we don't, we don't think children will remember, you know, you never know who you might inspire yeah. and a little girl might have a dream, but she, you know, she might be told it's not possible because it's something boys do. Right. How many times have we heard? Oh, well, that's a boy's color or, Oh, that's something boys can play with. This is a girl's toy. Um, you know, we need to encourage both genders for sure to, uh, you know, pursue um, STEM field. And uh, I think if I, when I was younger, if I knew, oh, there are other careers other than being an accountant or a doctor, there's more to it than, you know, I would, I would have maybe um, changed my career path. But I think everything happens for a reason. And I'm happy with where I am in my life. But I hope, you know, to see more girls in engineering classes. When I was in university, my graduating class, we were eight girls out of 108 yeah. My sister is studying chemical engineering at McGill, and she's telling me it's more 50-50. So oh, I great. love to hear that. And, you know, it gives me hope. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. I agree completely with Lazina. I think school has a huge impact on um, a young mind. And we, in our careers, in our industries, need to look at ways to impact that. Um, often we hear about at university level, but I think that's too late. I really think um, uh, elementary school, but especially high school, is where those decisions are made very often. And we need to show all of the students more diversity and how, how they can get into a field that is exciting to them. And we need to encourage it. And then, of course, my opinion is always going to be what happens at home. Um, parents need to encourage their daughters in the right direction for their specific daughter. Not everyone's built the same. I've learned that myself. Um, but I think those are the two main um, areas where it can impact us going forward. I think that's a great point, and it's so important. It, those conversations you have at home um, and, and, and just opening up, this is a possibility for you. Uh, I think showing that to our kids, you know, both our, our sons and our daughters, 
uh, that all of this is a possibility for you and making sure that any stigmas, old stigmas that I hope are dead, um, don't exist anymore. I think is absolutely critical. I love that, Jackie. For me also, it is school that plays a big role in getting excited on science and math. And from coming from India, high school, studying and looking at the U.S. teaching techniques, I like U.S. more because it's more practical. They don't teach the books, they more teach experiments. And I think that add more experiments to science and math would uh, help them more cu uh, curious and curiosity is what gets you to technology and what breaks and what can fix it. Sure. So I think even breaking something when at home, if your daughter or your son breaks something, we try to fix it, then tell them that why are you breaking it, right? So I think it's a blend of just like what Jackie said, blend of school and at home ex uh, experiences, the group plays that we do and not uh, worry about what breaks, but how we can fix it. So that should be the Great. goal at school and at home, I guess. Yeah. No question, no question. Well, and that's great. And I, I certainly hope that we as a discipline could continue to find that. Um, and, and I love hearing, you know, like you mentioned, Lazina, uh, that your sister in chemical engineering at Yale is seeing 50-50 in her class. It's just um, at McGill. Sorry, she's not oh, at Yale. Oh, McGill. Sorry, McGill. sorry. McGill. McGill. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I missed her. My apologies. Uh, it's still a phenomenal university, both. Um, and so, but I love hearing that, you know, and, and, and seeing that the, the field is getting a whole lot more mind share from everyone. Um, and I, I think the whole world needs more engineers of all stripes. Um, as technology continues to expand, I don't think we have nearly enough to fill the demand that's going to be needed um, over time. So that's really exciting to hear. So, you know, as we kind of look forward, um, you know, into the, you know, what's next for engineering, whether that be electrical engineering or the entirety, entirety of the discipline, just as, as technologists, um, what are some of the technologies that you guys see over the next five, 10 years that you're really excited to be working with? Can I go first? Please. I wanted to say I'm very fortunate to be working in an industry where we're at the forefront of technology. It's always so exciting when customers come to us with their aspirations and, and see how we can help fulfill them. It's a lot more exciting when a few years later, you know, you see their designs out in the wild and, you know, it's making an impact in our lives. So one thing I've noticed in the recent years or just, you know, just recently, is that there's been a boom in AI um, for artificial intelligence. So yeah. whether it's YouTube making recommendations on what to watch next, or just like chatting with the store's chatbot to make my return process get started and make it easier, you know, it's it's fascinating to see how far we've come. And, you know, I'm excited to see what kind of advancements uh, will happen. You know, I was reading about this um, robot that uses AI to clean beaches, um, you know, people litter cigarette butts and they think just because they're outside and stuffing the cigarette butt into the sand is okay because it's outdoors. Right. But what they don't realize is when the water um, mixes in, there are, there are chemicals that are inside this filter and okay. when they mix with water, it creates toxic, um, uh, it creates a toxic, Sorry, it, it just becomes very toxic for the aquatic life, right? right, right. And uh, it, it's creating a hazardous waste. 
and you know polluting our environment. So using AI, I think resp- you know responsible AI, we can start to kind of undo some of the damage humans have been causing, and create like you know kind of undo that damage that we've done. Right, and there's so many different areas of engineering that go into that. Between, uh, I'm assuming in that technology you're talking about, you're, you're talking about you know some kind of intelligent vision. Um, with machine learning yeah 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 exactly so it recognizes all the pictures right and once it starts seeing the pictures i mean it could also be applied for public safety improving public safety i was reading about um this company that was sending out drones uh to monitor like uh bridges because you know Mm -hmm. dangling somebody 200 foot in foot in the air is not safe just to take pictures and it's tedious too but you've got these drones taking pictures and they can detect faults that are not visible to the human eye. Right. And, you know, we as humans can make the decision like, oh, this crack is getting bigger and bigger or this pothole is getting bigger and bigger. Uh, it's time to do something about it. And, you know, we're reducing um, emergency uh, roadworks or that cause like traffic jams. We can, you know, make informed decisions about when to make those repairs using predictive maintenance and, you know, becoming more efficient. So, you know, I love to see it. And yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Very nice. Yeah. I am I am with you, Lazina, that some meetings that we attend and the the directions they are going in and what they are thinking of doing as their next product, it's very exciting to see that when my kids go five years later, they will they will be they will be like there was a life before this. They wouldn't even know that there was like there was a <laughs> handset phone and save button like floppy disk and all that oh, yeah. stuff. So it, it's nice to see that we are in this generation when we are able to see the transition with uh, less, more manual work than more intelligent work, right? So, and, and we are a part of that. So I, I yes, I like, like that part. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Jackie? Very cool. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously technology isn't my strength per se, but I was definitely going to talk about AI. Um, Always been very interesting to me. AI has been around for a really long time. It just has never really gotten to the forefront it is today. Um, But if I think about another technology, I would look at the whole group of sensors. And I think from, for me, um, our environment is in a very precarious position. Uh, I think about my children and their children one day, hopefully, and our environment needs a lot of help, not just in North America, but all over the world. And I would really be interested to see how I would think sensors could play a role in improving the environment. And even there's a probably a play there for AI to get involved with that. Um, So that to me is really something in the future. Um, but is definitely needed now. Yeah, no question. I, I think, you know, the, the entire sensor fusion idea of being able to take the inputs of not just one or two, you know, sensors or even types of sensors, but hundreds of different types of sensors. Right. Um, and now analyzing that that environment around and, and making decisions on it. And I think also, um, you know, we look at things like, you know, electric vehicles that can help the environment. How is that going to have an impact on the overall carbon footprint on the, on the planet, um, the yeah. next generation of things? And then all the sensors that are going to go into those electronic vehicles to start, you know, at that point, having fully autonomous driving, what kind of an impact can that have? 
Um, yeah. and, and can that also make our environment better? Those are really exciting technologies. Um, no, no question about it. Um, so, but well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk with me. Uh, really always a pleasure to talk to all three of you. Um, and, uh, you know, definitely, certainly the impact that you've had on our company, um, and, and all, all that we do as a company, um, across the market has just absolutely been incredible. Um, and really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Uh, about this important subject today. Um, if you know, we really appreciate you joining, uh, joining us in this conversation. Uh, for those of you watching, if you have any questions for Future Electronics um, of any of the things that we're doing, any of the technologies that we represent or can help your engineering teams at, please feel free to reach up out to us at shapingthefuture at futureelectronics.com. Again, shapingthefuture at futureelectronics.com. Um, and we would be more than happy to get our team of engineers working with your team of engineers on these next technologies uh, that are going to continue to advance our world. Thank you, ladies, again. Really appreciate the time. All the best. Thanks, Todd. Thank Bye, Lucina. Bye, Danelle.